Hello, you're listening to season two of Everyday Creative People. I'm your host, Dina Adrians, and this podcast is all about the question, what does it mean to live a life driven by curiosity, creativity, and love over fear? Each week, you can tune in to hear me discussing various topics related to this question with leaders, artists, and entrepreneurs who are each living out this pursuit in their own unique ways. When you've finished listening to today's show, please take a moment to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast leave a comment, and tell a friend. You can find all the show notes over at dinaadriance.com slash ecppodcast. Now settle in, get comfy, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Creative People. I'm so excited today to have as my guests, um, actually a pair. This is the first time we've had a pair on the podcast. Um, so today I have with me Marissa Huber and Heather Kirtland. Um, ah, I always do this. Ladies, <laughs> did I pronounce your names correctly? Yes. Yes. <laughs> cool. You got okay. it. <laughs> um, every single time, that's like always on my checklist to make sure that I pronounce people's names correctly. And I always forget until I'm actually doing the introduction. All right. So um, I have with me today Marissa Huber and Heather Kirtland from Carve Out Time for Art, which is a really fabulous Instagram community that I have been following for a while, um, as well as sort of a blog. And I think you guys have a few different projects that you've been working on together. Uh, and they're all about cultivating creative community. Um, Carve Out Time for Art specifically started as an investigation of mothers who wanted to tap into their creative selves and since I think has expanded to sort of a broader community of people who are seeking to make creative time. Uh, so they're perfect guests for everyday creative people. Marissa and Heather, welcome to the show. Thank you. We're, we're yeah. happy to be here. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> yes. are. This and is you awesome. totally get it. You like summarize that better than I think I have in <laughs> a few years. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to introduce yourselves. Um, and I'm actually going to ask Marissa if you can start us off. Sure. Hey, everybody. So I'm Marissa Huber. I I guess the big thing is I was born and raised in Florida. And my whole life, I wanted to go out and do something different. And I, you know, I was a creative child. But then when I was kind of in that high school era, I, I just really doubted my, myself as an artist. You know, I didn't think that I, um, I didn't think that I was a, a real artist. I'm using air quotes because I didn't have ideas all the time. And I was interested in so many other things, which I'm sure many people can relate to. You know, I played water polo. I was a platform diver. So I felt like if I didn't have ideas all the time, I wasn't an artist. So that doubt kind of crept in and I decided not to major in studio art, which I was thinking of at one point. And I did end up falling into interior design, which was a good fit for me because it had that creative side, but it also had the analytical strategy and like interest in humans and connection. But later on, um, when my brother passed away in 2005, so I kind of returned back to art as part of that, like the healing. And that was something we did um, growing up together. And 
I also was like, there was a push for me to return to art because he couldn't live his dreams anymore. But I felt like, um, you know, I kind of had to do a little bit more and take him with me. So I felt more um, like I had to be braver for myself. And then when my son was born in 2013, that was like this moment when I finally accepted myself as an artist because, you know, I didn't have a lot of free time and there was all these, these things that I wanted to do, but I found that what I most needed to do for myself in my free time was I needed to do art. And I'm like, if that's what I want to do most in my free time, when my life is crazy and I have a full-time job and a baby and all these other things, then I have to be an artist. So I just kind of really finally reclaimed that role. And since then I haven't really stopped, but it did make me also, I'll step back for one second. Once I realized that being a mother made me more confident in wanting to, um, you know, be an artist that made me want to find others like me and see if, you know, this almost like hypothesis was right where just because I had a baby didn't mean that I couldn't create or do things for myself, but that, it made me more focused, more efficient, and more confident. And since then, I've, you know, just started interviewing more people, met Heather, and started just making a ton of work whenever I can find time. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I think what's interesting about your story is like, or not interesting so much as like relatable, uh, is that there, I feel like there are so many sort of messages that we hear from sources outside of ourselves that that give us this idea of like that instill in us like a very specific idea of what it means to be an artist um and also sort of give us the idea that like we are not that thing um and it sounds like your journey was really one of going from like internalizing that stuff to really saying screw that like (laughs) i'm just gonna do it anyway because it feels good (laughs) Yeah. And like, it doesn't have to be what you, what you see like on Instagram or someone's story, like to be an artist doesn't have to be something specific. Like if you're creating, if you're making art, then you can be an artist. Like there's room at the table for all types, whether it's my husband who was a a fine artist with his MFA and who used to be a professor. Like I'm not going to judge myself next to him because we can both sit at the same table and be in different journeys. But you know, there's, different ways and different insecurities that people have, I think. And, you know, you can either not do the work because you're scared, or you can just say, like you said, screw this, I want to do something with my life that's important to me. And, you know, it's fun and fulfilling and gives me purpose. So, yeah. It's so funny. Your reference to uh, (laughs) your husband just reminded me of, I recently saw, again, uh, the article that was printed about Frida Kahlo, uh, that describes her as like wife of famous oh, artist yeah. dabbles yeah. in painting. Right. <laughs> On the side. Diego's wife. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like she's just doing little nothings over here. <laughs> no. Exactly. And I will say for the record, like my husband is one of the most supportive people. If anything, I had hangups in my life earlier on that I had to get over. And um, he's like, if you want to oil paint, you know, oil paint, but just remember you're going to go through all the, the same doubt and insecurities as everybody else has, who's been doing that. And that's okay. Mm. That's so important to have people in your life who will tell you those things. Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) So Heather, uh, tell us how you come into the story. What's your, what's your background? 
So I was, same thing, always a super creative kid, um, always kind of, you know, knew I was going to be some sort of artist. Um, I think growing up, I didn't realize that that was a wide scope of things. So it was always in my head as fine artists. Like it didn't dawn on me I could be a designer or, you know, do even graphic design or things like that, even though I'm really horrible at graphic design. Um, and I dabbled real quick into maybe going into fashion when I was in high school. And I like interviewed at a couple colleges and was like, these aren't my people. Like, I just didn't feel like that was the right vibe. So I ended up going to fine art school and um, graduating with a BFA in painting. And I went into the whole scenario. This was the early 90s. So things are so different. I can't believe it hasn't been that long. I guess it's been a kind of long, but it hasn't been that long. Mm -hmm. And things have changed so much in the art world and what your options are. But um I went into school thinking, I really want this fine art experience versus a liberal arts college, but I might, when I leave school, I will always paint, but I'm probably going to have to have a day job. It might not be something that's super important to me, but it'll pay the bills so that I can be an artist. And that's kind of the way I approached, you know, when I left school, I was like, I'll get a job that pays the bills and I'll create art. And I did that for quite a long time. And it's funny now when I look back and think of it, there's times where I would not create for a year and I wouldn't guilt myself. I wouldn't feel bad about it. I just realized it was kind of part of my creative process because I work in these huge spurts of creativity. But the minute I became a mom, I completely lost my identity. Um, and that was, I was so terrified. I was never going to create again. That it wasn't going to come back to me that how do I do both of these things? Like, this new being takes up so much of m me physically, mentally, all of it. Like how could I ever have as much time and space and mental energy as I need to make art? And um, it was so funny. You guys just mentioned the whole Frida Kahlo thing. Like I remember Googling mother artists cause I just wanted some example of like, somebody did this, right? People have done this. Like you can be an artist and be a mom. And I kept getting like Van Gogh's mother or like, you know, Picasso's mom like and I'm like no 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 <laughs> that's not what I'm asking here um that's and it was so super funny. frustrating yeah and bring that full circle like just the other day I googled it again and it's filled me with so much joy to see how much support is out there now not only in like um resources from other artists but grants from other artists and support from other artists and it's just like I'm so happy that's there um because it's what I was hoping for. And then it's turned into being one of the most creative periods of my life where I have not stopped creating since I've had my daughter, never taken a break from painting, never taken a break, you know, a significant break from the studio. Um, it's made me a better artist because I'm definitely, I think Marissa had mentioned this, more confident. Um, and my work feels more important to me, but it doesn't feel as serious as it used to. Um, I, love I don't know if I'm phrasing that right, but like, I don't give it the power anymore. Like it's, I have a little more, um, little less self doubt in it mm. and it's just work. And if this painting is going to fail, then okay, I'll do another one. There'll be another one. Like yeah. it's not the end of the world. If this body of work doesn't work out the way I want it to be, because I'm just going to come to a new one or learn something from it. Whereas before I had the luxury of time to be like, oh, I'm never creating again. I'll have no more, you know, to do that whole wallowing 
thing <laughs> that yes. we artists can do so well. Um, and so when I saw Marissa doing these interviews with artists on her blog um, via Instagram, um, I kind of reached out to her. I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. I've been wanting this. Like, thank you for doing this. I was looking for this when I had my first child. And so she interviewed me. And that's kind of how we started out with Carve Out Time for Art in the whole social media sense and building a community. So how long ago was it, Heather, that you uh, did that Google search of like mothers and creativity and art? It was not that long ago, terrifyingly enough. My daughter was born in 2011. 2011. Okay. So it's been like seven years, basically. And in that time span, uh, you've gone from seeing like nothing, basically, on the internet to tons of resources. Exactly. And I remember I used to, I think Jealous Curator had started. Mm. So I had been following her blog. I don't think she had a podcast yet. And every once in a while, there'd be a little kind of reference to Mm. someone that had a kid, but not much. Um, And even now, I love listening when uh, Danielle interviews people as well, because there's, they talk a little more about that motherhood aspect of things, which is kind of cool. Yeah. I feel like there's so much conversation happening right now on the interwebs uh, about like the realities of life and creating. Yeah. And it's important because I think um, as artists, we're so self-critical and we always have that, um, you know, imposter syndrome. I don't care who you are. You're going to have 10 or 15 minutes of it in some sort of creative (laughs) session. And I think it's so refreshing for us to really be talking and like taking it out of the shadows a little bit and realizing, you know what, it's just part of the process too. And we're all going through it. Mm. Yeah. And it's such a weird time of like, I mean, I'm, I'm 40. So I remember have you know, pay phones and beepers and not having the <laughs> internet, which oh, I God, think yeah. we're one of these gap generations. We can kind of see both ways and we can adapt, you know, and so there's great things about social media, but in our lifetime so far, we've had to navigate, how do you go from not sharing everything to then sharing and everyone's judging how everyone is sharing. And I'm, it's it's almost like, to, for me, I kind of had to get over that where I had, you know, a craft blog and shared my work for years since like 2005, but not in real life with all of my people, like my people that mm. I knew from high school or my boss at work. And then there yeah. became this time, like maybe 2015. I'm like, look, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm working on. If you think I'm, you know, dumb or whatever, I, I don't even care anymore. Like, this is what I'm working on. And like that just kind of opened up this freedom for me because like navigating, like, how do you share? What do we share? Who are we? Like, who am I at work versus who am I at home or with my neighbor? It's, it's such an interesting um, thing that's come up. And it's only been in the past, like, what, five, six years, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's a lot of that with the the comparison and showing the, the backside and showing the perfection and like, these conversations, were they even happening five years ago? Yeah. It's interesting. It's like with, uh, with the sort of images of perfection, also now the conversations about the imperfection are emerging, <laughs> which is almost like, like a the backlash. Same. <laughs> exactly. We try to, I don't even know. It's like, what do you do? I guess everyone has to find their own balance. Yeah. I know, because like I, I always say, you know, I want to know that, and I guess I trust that I know I'm showing my best foot forward 
And I'm assuming everyone else, if they turn their iPhone around, the rest of the room is going to be a cluttered mess full of Legos and food strewn and kids screaming. So I guess I, I take it all with a grain of salt. But because I do, I do enjoy, one thing I always used to say is I go to Instagram for the beauty of it. You know, like mm-hmm. I go to escape so that I can revel in the how everything is pretty and curated. And at the same time, then I'm, I'm actually loving the addition of stories because I feel like, oh, and then I can see a real life too. Yeah. And that's been fun. Like, and I think we see, like, I forget because we talk to so many people through our community that we've created together, Carve Out Time for Art, where, you know, they'll, they'll message us and say, hey, you know, I'm not necessarily sharing this, but this is what I'm going through. This is why I haven't responded. So I feel very humbled that we have so many people that have shared, you know, behind the scenes with us. So like you, Heather, I know behind the scenes, like, oh yeah, when I look at her new house, oh, it looks perfect. (laughs) But maybe her, her partner was laid off. You never know. Yeah. 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 But we forget that people are looking at stuff and they are like comparison, you know, comparing their, the highlight reel to their own mess or whatever. So we try to break that down a little bit at Carpet Time for Art, Mm. I think. I find it so interesting that uh, for both of you, it seems like you really sort of came into your own as artists and creative people in this era of like, as people were sort of really starting to put out these images of perfection (laughs) as social media was really growing. Um, And where am I going with this statement? Uh, just that like, uh, just that, that, you know, you, it seems like you both have sort of found this new level of confidence in yourself while also, um, dealing with this like crazy world of social media and all the things that come with it. I I feel like we, I know Marissa and I talked about this, like, I feel like we are really fortunate in our community. I mean, we really have, it's super supportive. They're super kind to each other. Um, and I don't think we've ever not been ourselves. I don't know that we can help it. I try yeah. to have a filter. I don't do a good job with it. Um, <laughs> so you kind of, you, you get exactly what we are. And I think that kind of encourages people to realize, oh, okay, well, I can be just as, a, I don't really even want to use the term authentic, but I can be just as real as they're being. Because they're not perfect, so I don't have to be perfect when I interact with them, and it creates this just such genuine dialogue that I just love. Yeah, like because, and I mean maybe it's like our age or it's our personalities, the way that we just have like a chemistry together where we're both very similar in that, you know, I think we both feel pretty secure in our own skins. You know, that takes time. Not you know, everyone has their own insecurities, like we've talked about, but. I feel like I've been sharing enough on the internet since 2005, which people might not forget that, like, but that voice of, you know, I've been writing for a long time and sharing my story that starts to come like second nature. So all of a sudden, if someone's new to Instagram in 2015, I've had 10 years of experience sharing, you know, this is, this is my sourdough starter and this is my um, art that I made or whatever it might be. So you've like honed the skill a little bit. And I think we're just naturally like, we, we're extroverted. We talk to people. Yeah. Um, I talk to people all day for work. So do you pretty much. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. are able to feel more comfortable. Hmm. Yeah. So 
So you guys have created this like incredible community of creatives. And I think so many people have been uplifted and inspired by what you guys have been putting out there through Carve Out Time for Art. Um, I'm curious how you guys have been impacted by the community that you've created. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, like tenfold. Like I'm still blown away. Like that somehow we've attracted this many amazing creatives into one space who once again, like not only they just support each other. Mm -hmm. And Marissa, I'll let Marissa talk about like one of the projects we had where we got to actually connect people in real life. And that was really cool. Oh yeah. Okay. So, well, okay. So first I'll say just if anyone doesn't know, carve out time for art. So um, when I was pregnant with my first child, everyone was telling me like, Oh, you're never going to have any time for yourself. Um, good luck with your dreams, good luck with your sleep. And it was just really annoying and frustrating and discouraging. So when I had my son, like I mentioned, and when I did want to start painting again, I felt like I was more energized. And it wasn't, it wasn't that I was trying to be like this perfect mother or this perfect woman and do everything. It was just that I needed something for myself. And that was really important to me. And I needed to find people who understood that and who weren't going to say, oh, it must be nice to have time, you know, or just that judgmental stuff that either women are doing to each other or whomever. So I started out interviewing 10 people and that led to 70. I met Heather and that's where we started. We created this community. So we put it on Instagram where like, where else can you put anything in 2015? <laughs> <laughs> and we just started like it became like our internet playground because this was a time when everyone was just sharing and commenting and like a really fun time in social media. And I think people were craving a connection with, you know, people doing the same thing as them. So we started doing, you know, like artist takeovers, having somebody take over our account for the day. Um, and the project that Heather mentioned is we did phone dates. So I drive an hour each day to work every day. And I was getting so bored. I mean, I love podcasts, obviously, but I was <laughs> I was getting bored with not being able to have my own conversations. And instead of listening and contributing, um, I, I was like, I want to talk to people on my own. So I said, well, like, do something about it. Call some people. So I started commenting on people's um, posts like, hey, I would love to talk about this painting further or whatever it was. Like, do you want to have a phone date? I just started calling them phone dates because... I feel like if we put a hashtag on it, it was something we could do then. <laughs> and we set it up and had like two, I'm going to say 250 people sign up and we assigned them all to do three phone dates. And I knew they would be scared. You know, I don't want to swear, sorry, but they were very <laughs> scared. A lot of them, cause they're like being on the phone is so intimidating. And I even put on the survey, I'm signing up for this because I trust you, but I really don't want to call anybody on the phone. And like half of the people did that. So anyway, they, it, it goes through, people have their phone dates and people still tell me to this day, like that was in 2017, I'm friends with this person and I talk to Kia once a week because of that phone date you set us up on and people did collaborations and it was like the most fulfilling thing we've done to me. Yeah, I agree. It's just amazing to see that people still talk to each other. They do yeah. those phone dates. It was amazing to me, like just out of sheer like lottery I got put with someone that because I participated too I got put with someone I used to follow their blog and we used to follow each other back in the blog world and it was so cool to make connections <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. God, the world of the internet is so amazing. <laughs> I know. And I think because we are like that, that gap generation, maybe it's like, well, not only do we not like we want to be on the internet, but we also want to physically talk to somebody. So we're creating this human connection out of this internet connection, you know? Yeah. And we did all of it without ever meeting face to face until yeah. last year. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> how long did you guys know each other before you met face to face? <laughs> It was like three years. Three years? Three years. Wow. Yeah. Three years. And we finally, um, and I think this is definitely something we'd love to do more of. Like, yeah. we um, set up kind of, we reached out to some artists we knew in Atlanta, and I rented an Airbnb, and it was just really cool. Like, we hung out and had an amazing art oh weekend. God. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And that's definitely something, a direction I'd love to see Carve Out Time for go in, where we actually mm. do some in-person meetups. Yes, we'd love to do that. And we, and we nobody had their phones out, which was kind of really cool. No. Like just awesome. by chance. It wasn't like a rule that you set. No, no it was like just, everyone was too so much to talk about. about. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, wait, I do want to say when we did meet in person, we were like so excited about this. And I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? We're like, yeah, <laughs> it was <laughs> like, it was so exciting oh, to give you a hug in real life. The airport. I did slightly make a scene when you got off the plane. Yeah, you did. We were like, ah, okay. but we're like, this is like, this isn't a big deal because I know you already, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, cool. <laughs> so how would you say that? your art has changed uh, from, I mean, I think Marissa, am I correct that you, like before you became a mother, you weren't really doing art or did you start getting back into it before you became a mother? I had probably been like, I, I was diminishing what I was doing. I was doing, you know, watercolor and pen and ink. And so my background is interior design and I was, you know, doing some design work and uh, like commissions here and there. And even starting to sell stuff on Etsy, you know, like color studies and such. But I wasn't like taking it seriously. Whenever I would talk about it, I would talk about it like play, I, mm. which I looking back, I noticed that I was just diminishing that. But I, when I really had my son, that's when things started picking up. And, you know, I, I had like a big commission for a, a well-known interior designer, which was scary, you know, to, to go for like a friend of a friend of mine had said, Hey, this person, like this holiday card you created for me, would you do this? So I was starting to take myself more seriously right before my son was born. And then when he was born, I'm like, no, I, I need to just go for it. And I had yeah. that renewed confidence. Yeah. But I was always painting or doing something mm. or, you know, knitting or crafting or some stuff, that stuff. Yeah. So it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like for both of you after becoming mothers, you found a new sense of like, focus, but also playfulness in your art. Yeah. I'm curious how else it. your art has been impacted by being a mother. Um, I would think my subject matter probably is affected to a certain degree. There are definitely paintings I've done about being a mother. And granted, you know, most of my work outside my portraits are abstract. So mm -hmm. I don't know if you'd be able to tell it's about being a mother. Um <laughs> But like I use my house forms a lot to represent a persona. So whatever I put them through, that's what I think, like whatever composition I put them in or like situation I create on the painting is like portraying some sort of emotion. And a lot of them have to do with connections and, and obviously it's a home, like, so that idea of family and, and, and home is important to me. 
Um, I was using that prior to having a family as well, but um, it took on a whole new meaning for me once I did have my family. Hmm. Um, so I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is just, you know, being more prolific because you only have a finite amount of time when you're in the studio. So you got to get it done. Like there's no like sitting around drinking the coffee, like <laughs> thinking about what I'm going to do today. Like there yeah. is, just, I wish there was that time, but there's <laughs> definitely not that time. Um, and then there's the whole aspect of this role model. You know, we both now have daughters. Marissa has a brand new little daughter. Oh, yeah. And, and for my son, like seeing them watch me do something that I'm passionate about, that's important to me, and that I take seriously is, mm. is you know, important. Like if you're, you start to, they're like little mirrors of you. So you want to make sure what you're projecting most of the time, at least, is, you know, something you want them to replicate. So it, it made a difference for me. And I think in more ways than I'm even yet comprehending, like my oldest is eight and I'm still figuring out how it's affected my artwork. I think in a weird way, once I, once I became a mother in, in, I think it's because like I, you become this next generation, right? You're no longer the, the youngest generation in your life. And I felt like there was a sense of urgency and um, just, you know, thinking about mortality, not in a super depressing way, but you know, there's things that I want to get done. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm older and I'm, I was thinking about that more. So as my work is like very bright and sunshiny and happy, what you might not know behind the scenes is that I was going through a super rough year at work and it was hard trying to balance, you know, my professional career and my kid and Instagram or a, um, like a five minute a day color project I was doing was looking for joy in my everyday when life was really tough, you know? Mm. So there's, that's like one point Yeah, that's that so people important. who are listening, who might not have kids, but who definitely have had day jobs and terrible bosses or toxic situations or like a long commute can absolutely understand or feeling like you want to be doing something else and you might be made to have a bigger dream, but you feel like, well, what's the point? Like, I'm never going to be able to sit in that big white studio like everyone on Instagram, but maybe you can be, um, working doing something on your iphone in the cafeteria for five minutes like and then all of a sudden something comes out of that you never know i think like you were saying like we had started this with our passion for supporting you know moms in their artistic practice but it really did apply to all these other situations like people that maybe were really creative when they're younger and now are coming back to it once their kids have left the house or or just have come back to it once they retired or people that are working a day job and want to come back to that piece of creativity within themselves we figured there's such a wider group of people that we can talk to and support with these same type of ways to find time to bring creativity into your life yeah because I think too at at the the biggest message when we think of what our main message is it started off as talking to mothers but really it's just human beings wanting to do something that they're like yearning for creating or whatever that is. And I, I think that there's some people that just have it. I don't know if other people don't, but I know I have it. And if I don't get to create or do something, I'm cranky and I feel like down a little bit, you know, we call it creative crankiness. Yeah. yeah. What was there a particular, like, 
like wh- I guess what were the factors that really enabled you both to that that I guess that have enabled you both over time to like claim your sort of artistry, your your identity as a creative person. I think a 90% of it is literally saying it out loud. <laughs> like it really is because people believe what you tell them and they look to you to tell them who you are. Like, I think we have this preconceived notion that um, people are judging us based on their perceptions, which, you know, to a certain extent, you know, you do project on other people, but they listen to what we show them and tell them. So this whole fear that, oh, I can't be an artist because X, Y, Z, well, half the population doesn't know what that's supposed to look like Mm. and are still fascinated by the fact that you say you're an artist. And they look at you as an artist because you say you're an artist. And I think to have the confidence in that, to know that you are behaving like one, you're creating something, you're an artist. Like to stand behind that, I think, I think is really helpful. Yeah. You know, it's so funny that you put it in that way because I'm, I've just been reading this book um, that is so fantastic. It's called How to Communicate Like a Buddhist. And yeah, it's really good. (laughs) I just started reading it like yesterday. Um, And so much of what this book is talking about is like the ways that like becoming aware of your own um, Mm self-talk and the ways that we sort of put ourselves down or like that that we we put so much assumption about like we we take in so much assumption about like what other people are thinking about us uh and Mm -hmm. we bully ourselves a lot um and so it's sort of this book is about like cultivating an awareness of the ways that we're doing that to ourselves and like learning to choose the things that we're telling ourselves and it's really hard it's it's certainly a practice like I, like I said, I've been thinking about that a lot as well, obviously. And I, I found myself today doing it to myself. And I'm like, really? Did you just have that conversation in your head? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, why would you say that about yourself? Like, right. I wouldn't say that about a friend of mine. Why would I say it about me? No, and I'll say that. Like, I'll say that to myself or I'll, I have a friend we chat on the phone every week. And I'll say, okay, what would you, she'll say something to herself and I'll say, what would you tell me if I said that? What would you say? And she's like, oh yeah, I would say this. I'm like, then say it to yourself. And I do the same thing to myself. Right. Uh, And once again, setting an example for our kids, like, thank God they can't hear what I think in my head because I'm always telling them, you know, you don't talk, you talk to yourself well, like you take care of yourself. Like that's important. And, you know, I spout this stuff, but it's a hard thing to learn. Maybe if I spout it out, now for the next 18 years, they'll be better at it than I am now. (laughs) You got to have somebody in your life who's willing to tell you those things. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But I think like, Heather, you're someone good to talk to. If I talk to you, you'll be great at saying or call like, we'll call each other out on something like, no, we don't need to over explain this. Or we like one of my friends says no is a complete sentence. And I love that. Um, And I think that I'm going to admit, I'm pretty nice to myself too sometimes. Like my, I joke around, I say, I'm my own best friend because I'm, I'm sorry, this baby. It's okay. Um, it's, 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 I love, actually, actually, I love that she's here because it's, no, a, it's all that. about You're the reality. <laughs> it's all about the reality yeah, of life, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, 
but I, yeah, I would say I'm my own best friend because like I'm with myself all the time. So if you can't be, if you can't enjoy your own company, then that's going to suck because mm. you're, you're here all the time. Yeah. yeah. We, so you were saying that, something really. that made me think, Heather, oh my gosh, I'm trying to think about what you were just saying. Oh yes. No, I'm, I'm, I know what it is now. How, when you, when you say things like I realized I was a connector really through, um, this Instagram community, you know, before I would, you know, I connect the dots. I do like, I use my interior design background to do strategic planning. So I'm thinking, you know, high, high 30,000 feet in the sky. I'm, I'm going down and like doing details. So I'm constantly going up and down and I love people. And I will remember the most random things like, okay, this person has a dog that died and you know, you should connect her with this person. Like, there's always something and the more that I act on these things by saying, Oh, I bet this person's going to like this book. I should go act on it and tell her. And then maybe, you know, or these people I think should be friends because of what they're working on. The more that I work on um, or act on those thoughts, I feel like I start to believe that I'm a better connector and I'm a good connector, whether I'm honing that skill or that's just how I am as a person. And, um, uh yeah. Yeah. And I like at work today, I was one of my friends in my professional job. He says, you know, I haven't drawn in so long. And I love that, you know, you find time to do that. So I said, well, go do it. Like, go buy this book, go sit down five minutes a day and report back to me. And I call, I'm like, I'm your fairy godmother. And you just need to start an Instagram account that only I can see so you can report into me. And he's like, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm going to make him do it. <laughs> So well, like you just too, believe what you say. I feel like when you're talking about connecting and reaching out, like, you know, we're all behind the social media veil a little bit. And I think I know that by having the guts, it's not the word I wanted to use, um, that gumption. Sure. That works <laughs> to go out there and like ask for what I want from people. And it doesn't have to be because I'm asking them for money or I'm asking them, but like, Hey, you know, you have this really awesome thing. I'd love to be a part of it. Or I love what you're doing because there are collaboration we could do. And I have to tell you, there are so few times, I barely can remember anytime anyone said no flat out. Like, even if it was a no, it was like, well, maybe not this thing, but you could, I'd love to work with you on this thing. And it really would, I think, encourage people to do that, to make, like we said before, those in real life connections and like Marissa's great at pairing people together for that but I feel like people especially artists tend to be a little afraid and for the majority maybe not that um, extroverted as Marissa and I are and I would totally encourage them to to take those little risks because I think they pay off because it's the community and the connections you make that further your artwork yeah, I would even say that the people who are really good at Instagram are usually the the introverted people, I feel like. like yeah, you I think agree. about going to a party, like a lot of people might want to be invited to a party of people they want to go uh, to be with, you know, maybe not a party where you're like glad you have an excuse to not go on like Saturday afternoon. But like we're inviting people to the party and we're giving them permission. We're starting the conversations. And I think we've had success because like we're creating a safe space and we're the first ones to tell you like, okay, we have a hard question. We'd love to hear your thoughts and let us start first. This is my example, you know, so that we're walking the walk. 
And if we can do a reach out where you're like, hey, let me introduce you to so-and-so. They were just talking about this next week, last week or whatever. And and I feel like just making that little step where you didn't have to make the connection yourself gives them a little more um, confidence. Yeah, you have an excuse almost. Yeah. And I know in my life, it's these connections that make your art practice better, stronger, and pushes it on to the next level. Mm. I love that Sloane's trying to jump in any part of this. <laughs> Sloan is a, yeah, she's six yeah, months she's old. Like, and, turn, uh, <laughs> she is a, she's a brave, strong so, girl. Oh okay. Okay. Let's jump to the obvious question. How do you carve out time for art? I feel like we've, we've like touched on this a little bit, but uh, what are, what are your biggest tips? Uh, I will, I can jump in here real quick. Cause funny enough, I just had a conversation in another, um, creative group I'm a part of that are kind of like a support group for artists and not all artists and they were all brand new moms like are with really young kids and I have just reached the sweet spot where both my kids are in school full-time but you know I do remember those days and I think for moms if I'm speaking to them specifically I think a big part of it is finding the moments that you can, if you have a support system, ask them for help as if, just like you'd ask them for help if you needed to go to the grocery store. Like don't diminish your studio practice as not important enough to ask for help. And then, you know, figure out if you can hire a mother's helper or, or hire, like just someone to be in the house so you can have a few moments to do your work because it is your work. And especially if it's bringing in any sort of income, you can figure out what it is that you can pay somebody to be there for an hour just for your own sanity. But if you have family members that help, that's awesome. If you have other mothers that have kids that will swap time with you, that's fantastic. Um, I really think that you have to also give yourself some grace because you're not going to have an eight hour day in the studio. You will eventually, and that's going to be great. And your artwork will be there and your audience will be there and nothing's going to go away. I'm a firm believer in that. I think it's okay to put it aside if you need to and to have a little bit of grace with yourself um, and know that, okay, so for this period of my life, I might only get an hour to a week to create, um, but that's going to change and it's going to change again. And um, yeah, so yeah, I think it's interesting because I, I I also think that actually there's some, it, it, like on the one hand, it's so luxurious to have like hours of time to create. <laughs> um, and on the other hand, uh, there's something that I think for me personally, like I do my best work when I have no time because yeah, yeah. like I, I just I have to. I think that's why a lot of <laughs> It's creating those parameters sometimes help you. Sometimes you have all the time and no ideas. Like, isn't that the way it always goes, right? You're in the studio with all this time and you can't create. So it does force you to um, kind of focus your time a little bit. But I think it's a big, it was for me at least a big mind shift Mm. to go from having that time, having that studio time and having this idea that I'm supposed to have a studio space and I'm supposed to go there and work and to being like, well, wait, I can make this little section of my house, my studio, and when the baby naps, I can work for a little bit, you know, or at least sketch if I can't do anything else. And for me, it was, you know, being able to ask my support system for that help. 
and not feeling bad like oh it's my hobby can you come you know watch the kids for me and I'm super fortunate I have so much support around me and everyone around me really believes in what I'm doing but I'm I'm sure not everyone has that situation and I think you need to give yourself a little bit of grace and know that it will change and reach out for support and I also think finding your sweet time is good like are you a morning person or evening person like find out if there's 45 minutes you can find at the beginning of your day or the end of your day that's just for you to do what you need to do to feel human, you know, and to and to create. And there's there's lots of people that are working, you know, day jobs that work crazy hours all week long and are trying to find that time as well. Yeah, you're you're totally just reminding me of actually one of the first interviews that I did for this podcast uh, with somebody who does these like sort of cartoon sketches um and uh-huh. she was talking about how yeah like that she had a full-time job and two kids two young kids uh and basically her time was like 20 minutes after the kids go to bed yeah like that's the time that works right and i think sometimes too you can't be hard on yourself if you need that 20 minutes to binge watch something in your dvr instead yeah like I think that's okay. And I think part of being an artist, if we're not creating something, we can get really down on ourselves. Mm. Um, but we also need to have, like I said, that grace with yourself to be like, okay, do what do I need tonight? Has it been a week? Do I really need to, you know, do I have this idea I want to work out? And a lot of times I would, if I could draw something on a napkin, I would at least know I got the idea down on paper. And when I had the time, I could get to it, but it felt like I captured it for that moment. Um, with my first child, it was definitely very different. With my second kid, I had the confidence that no, my creative time would come back Mm. and I'd be able to do this again. So there was a little bit more ease, a little bit not feeling so terrified. I had to hang on to everything. Mm. Yeah. I'm hearing, so I'm hearing like two big things, which is both what you're saying of like, be kind to yourself and like allow for the reality that like, you're not going to accomplish things quote unquote or like create things constantly that there are going to be times where you need to just like have downtime or do something smaller but also also I think I'm hearing you need to claim that time for yourself and like really own that this is an important part of yeah your life um that like I think you specifically use the words like it's not your hobby, quote unquote. <laughs> um, right. And I don't mean that that, I, I guess I, I don't want that to sound judgmental because sure. it certainly can't be a hobby, but I think sometimes we, when we go back to how we, I think I go back to what I said before about people are going to presume it's what it is mm-hmm. by the way you behave. So if you treat it with importance yeah. and the people you're asking for help will treat it with importance. And you know, sometimes that hobby, you need it too. Yes. Like you need Absolutely. some sort of outlet, you know? So but I think a lot of times people look at us that way. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, really? You need me to take your kids because you want to go. And then we get back into that whole mommy judging thing. But I think when you treat it seriously, other people will. And I definitely think the conversation has changed a lot. And we're getting much more aware that parents need to have that time so that they can be better parents. And I think, once again, if you're a creative person and a, and a full-time day job that can be soul-sucking, um, you need that as well for your mental health. You need that time to create. Yeah, that's so important. So how, Marissa, you have great ways that you find time to create. 
Well, I think like what you were saying about writing on a napkin or I'm very loose with my goals. Like, um, so maybe that's the part where I am pretty nice to myself. If I notice five really pretty colors on my really super boring commute in the morning, I'm like, oh, that's a really like, there's a hot pink um, excavator that I always notice and it makes me smile. Like that sounds so silly, but if you look for these small, like, oh, that's a pretty color or I like this shape on the road. Like if you search for things, you start seeing things more often. Hmm. I think it's like training yourself to look for whether that's gratitude or interesting stuff in the mundane. That's really influenced my art in a lot of ways. So I will count that. That's my carve out time for art for the day sometimes. Um, or it could be that my son's taking a bath. He needs to be slightly supervised, but I can, you know what, I'm going to grab my sketchbook and I'm going to sit here with some ink and whatever I make in five minutes or seven minutes is fine. But then also knowing he is a child and could go rogue. And one day, like he, (laughs) he did, he splashed me with water. And my first (laughs) instinct was, I was like, oh my God, I was, you know, really annoyed but then I'm like, you just have to laugh. So then I grab my phone and I put it on Instagram. I'm like, what do you even do? I think I was even on like a time-lapse video. So, um, <laughs> or I'm like, I'm big on, you know, like, what do you do? Like, you have to laugh. And then that gives people the permission to laugh and say, oh, you know what? Like, it's, it's not a failure if I spent a few minutes and did something for myself. Like, I'm still a great mom. I think we're all great moms if your kid is fed and loved and, you know, diapered or changed. Um, what was the other point? I, I'm a big on trays. Like if you grab a tray and create a portable workspace, you can sit and work anywhere, whether you're like mm. have watercolors on a little tray with some paper. I will That's bring cute. that around and follow my son around sometimes. And if he's like watching something on the iPad, I might sit next to him and I might draw on my iPad. Or if like I wanted to do lino cutting, you know, with oh, the, yeah. like, oh, actually the rubber sample Add, ones. Yeah, yeah. So I, I put it on a tray. I'm like, oh, I can I can carry this around and stick it on a tray and just like work on it in five minute increments. And I did. I followed him around the house when my, my baby was born one day. Or not that same day. <laughs> but like shortly after. <laughs> shortly after, I was like, okay, I'm going to spend five minutes using these sharp tools. And I don't want anybody to touch them. But I can put work on this tray and then stick it on top of the TV. And... You know, Mm. that's what works for me. You know, it's so interesting. I love that you mentioned that because uh, you just reminded me, Heather was also talking about something earlier uh, about workspace. Um, oh, cause you were talking about like going from having a full studio to just having like a yeah. corner in your house. Right. Um, which actually yeah. like for me as somebody who doesn't have kids, uh, but like spent five and a half years living in cramped New York apartments, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, no. you know, like that question of how do you create a workspace that's easily accessible, uh, is such an important thing. Like, I, I feel like just having easy access to your tools yeah makes such a big difference in your ability to actually just like do something for five minutes. Yeah. And it takes away, like, if you don't have to do five steps to do the sixth step, then you're golden, you know, like, okay, all I need to do is grab this tray and I can get right to work. Like my five by seven watercolor sheets that I want to work on, I cut a hundred of them like at one point, you know, so they're all there. Like you don't have an excuse. But if you have to like take all your stuff out and move it around, even if it's a shelf in your house, like I don't, I think anyone can make space. I, I had my, my belongings in storage for three years after we moved from Philly back home to Florida. 
And if anything, I, I got more done in those three years than before because I had to like hustle to really want it. And when I did get the time, like you mentioned earlier, Heather, I would just get right to it. Hmm. And you've been thinking about it like on your drive or when you're doing other things, like you were thinking about what do I, what is it that I want to be doing and kind of like figuring out the things behind the scenes, that incubation that you titled it one day. I love that. And you're yeah, like, okay, true. this is what I need to do. And don't un- underestimate that time. Like I, I do feel like, especially as a parent, your mental, they're calling it mental load now. Um, <laughs> it's like your brain is so full. And as an artist, I feel like you need that space in your head to work through things. So definitely don't underestimate the time you have to think, which is mostly to me when I'm driving or in the shower. But like, that's huge. That's part of your creative process. That counts as time put in, you know? Mm. Yeah. I think it's easy to to discount that because it's just thinking, right? And like, right. if you don't take the time to consciously notice that that's what you're doing, then it can be easy to, yeah, to just not count it and to feel like you're not doing anything. Right. Which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Like if you're, if you're going to build something, if you're, you, you need to measure twice and cut once, right? Um, the thinking versus the action like the the thinking is the part where if you spend the time doing that to do something right it feels like that action might not take as long that the productivity it's it's not about the time you spent creating it's about what that end result maybe is or the process so i feel like i used to be very focused on i need to be productive i need to do all these things and at one point i'm like you know we we can just sit down and enjoy netflix like you were saying heather if you want to enjoy that free time like you should you shouldn't feel guilty about it you know sometimes you are productive sometimes you're not yeah but it all like we're never going to stop creating in our life i think that's one thing to think about too so like this is part of this this is our life it's not like maybe it's chaotic like today i feel like it's a little chaotic but i want to do these things it's important that we have this conversation with you and that's important to me so i'm going to make it work and although the situation was not maybe ideal needing to (laughs) take a moment for the six month old you know and i'm so sorry but that's what happens yeah it's real life i i right and i think some people will let them that stop them completely like they're waiting for that perfect studio space Mm. or the Mm -hmm. perfect amount of time to work or the perfect situation to say yes to an opportunity. And I will tell you that it's never perfect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Or that someone's going to just reach out to you and, or that you're going to be featured on someone's Instagram account who has a hundred thousand followers and that's going to change your life. Like, no, I, I don't think that there's anything at this point I'm starting to see um, where w- I've achieved certain goals I had for myself. Right. Like, Oh, being in a magazine, that was great. And I'm really proud of that accomplishment that I was, my work was featured in a magazine, but it didn't necessarily change anything in my day-to-day life. So I think if that goal didn't do something, then in the future, whatever goals I might have, once I accomplish that, I kind of feel like it's all going to be the same. I don't know if that's going to change. It might be fun and exciting and fulfilling in different ways, but I think there's this acceptance of just kind of enjoying what you're doing and, you know, move forward. I think that's a great place to bring this conversation to a close. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys so much for, for being on the show again. Um, it's been really a pleasure talking with you. If people want to find you, 
where are all the different places that they can go? Um, well, definitely at Carve Out Time for Art. You can find us on Instagram. Um, website's the same, Carve Out Time for Art, but we mostly are on Instagram. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And then I'm at um, heatherkirtland.com. And I'm at marissahuber.com. One R2. Great. S's. And all of those links will be listed in the show notes uh, so people can go there to find them. For just like last thoughts to leave us with, what inspires you? Not that that's a tiny question, but. (laughs) No, I'll start. I mean, it sounds cheesy, but it's true. A lot of our followers in our community, they inspire me. Um, Just people who are showing up and willing to try something new or be creative or find something in their life and, you know, move that forward. And nature inspires me too mm-hmm. a lot, just looking for patterns and colors. Yeah, I would say definitely I agree with you on the community. Like it's they definitely push me forward. They give me a lot of um momentum, you know, because of yeah. the way they support one another. And I would say for me, like new experiences. Like I, even if it's just getting in the car and driving and um I'm I am really big on needing that space and that time. And I have found now like introducing a daily walk every day has really helped inspire me because mm. I need, I do need that mental space. And once I have that mental space, I can pick things up from books I'm reading, like a phrase or a word. And that starts to inspire me as well. Yeah. And it gets you, your body moving and kind of mulling things over. Yeah. Like that. Mixing things up. Walks. All right. Well, it has been such a pleasure. Go check out heather and marissa at carve out time for art and at their personal websites thank you guys have a wonderful night great thank you so much for having us thanks thank you so much for listening to another episode of everyday creative people i hope you enjoyed today's show please don't forget to subscribe to future episodes and rate the podcast Leave a comment and make sure you tell your friends to come listen. And remember, we'll be back with another episode next Monday.